It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Phil Taggart. Hello, my name is Phil Taggart. I'm a music broadcaster and journalist on BBC Radio 1. Sucker I've been playing in bands for way, way, way too long and I've been following them around like a lost dog since I was a kid. Uh, I started this podcast, Phil Taggart Slacker Podcast. Get this, I'm chatting in the third person already. To interview the great and the good of the music world. Not only do we get down to the questions you rarely hear asked, but we also get them to play their first ever demo. I mean, it gets proper raw gritty. The wonky versions of the huge songs that they end up becoming. On season one of the Slacker podcast, we've got Wolf Alice, Churches, Guy Lightbody, The Cribs, Leon Bridges, Miramasa, Aurora, Novelist, and loads more. Our first ever episode, which I'm really hyped about, is going to be with the Manic Street Preachers. And we've got a very, very special demo from 1986. I'd love to hear from you as well, uh, at Philly Taggart on Twitter and Instagram, to tell me what guests you would love to have on this podcast. Also, I'd love you to subscribe, rate, leave a comment, maybe buy this podcast dinner and tell it you love it and then never call it back but a subscribe would be absolutely ace the slacker podcast kicks off very soon with the manic street preachers thank you so much for your time Welcome to the Another Nine podcast. It's Niall and Andrea here with your weekly dose of what's going on in the world of good, good music. And maybe not so good music sometimes, but... We'll see. Yeah. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm Niall Nine, and that other voice you can hear on the other side of the line is in real, in real life. What? What am I talking about? <laughs> is Andrea Cleary. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Andrea's been off to exotic places in I the have. last week. I've been to Croydon. <laughs> it was very exotic. It was lovely. Did you go to a pet? 
farm or something? I did. I went to the farm and I met the goats um, and I petted an alpaca and he had very yellow teeth and he was basically the best thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, good times. Good times in Croydon. All the way. <laughs> uh, I was at Howard Class Heroes last weekend, the annual uh, Irish New Music Showcase. Bet you they didn't have alpacas. No, no alpacas no. there. Not even a band called the Alpacas. No, there should be. Yeah, you think there would be by now. Let's get on that. Yeah. <laughs> How was hardworking class heroes? Uh, yeah, it was good. I wasn't there for the whole entire um, live experience, but I did, uh, as we discussed before, it was my birthday on Friday. It was. Never got so many birthday wishes in my entire life <laughs> than I did on Friday, which was great. And into, well into the weekend. And good. I also got one last night as well, so yay. Doing well. Uh, no, the festival was good. What I saw, the conference was very strong this year. A lot of international delegates over from uh, festivals like Eurosonic and South by Southwest and um, Reaper Band and places like that. Um, I think it's a funny one about Howard Class Era sometimes is that it's nothing to do with, um, you know, Ireland is a small place and sometimes mm. there's not that many bands on the cusp of a bigger thing um, to justify that kind of level sometimes in terms of, especially for the international visitors who are looking for bands to bring elsewhere yeah it didn't feel like a a huge year for that this year but you know a lot of it is conversation starters with industry and that's a really good thing um yeah i didn't see an awful lot really because i wasn't there friday but i what i did see was um i the band from dundalk just mustard that's Very a, much enjoyed that. It's a great um, name. Yeah. <laughs> Says, said nobody. Yeah. Um, everyone's been giving out about their name. But they were kind of like a shoegazy rock band. Um, I really enjoyed what they did um, and a very good set. I'm hoping to see them again soon. Uh, they were good. I saw a bit of um, I Have a Tribe as well. Haven't seen him for a while. Um, I think I saw him support Saint Sister yeah. last year and he was great. Yeah. Was very and good. then. What else did I see? Oh, um, Silverbacks, um, who I really like. They're kind of pavement slacker indie rock stuff. Um, just beg the question, though, about Harwood Class Heroes and whether the open call, like if a couple of years ago they changed it from 100 bands to 50, mm. and that was a really good move. And you wonder now, is there room for, there was certainly, from conversations I had with delegates who were visiting, who were there to see new bands, there was a lot of people missing from the lineup that mm. maybe could have benefited from, you know, you're talking, the conversation is you're talking to uh, people who are interested in bringing somebody who's doing well in Ireland somewhere else. And as part of that, there's like, oh, you ended up talking to uh, a guy from Lex Records who released MF Doom's album and all mm. that kind of stuff and just really cool label. And a lot of the conversation, I had this repeatedly over the weekend, it was like, oh yeah, oh, we're talking about Kojak. And he was like, oh, you've heard about that. I was talking to Reggie Snow about Kojak and mm. then... And he told me to check him out. I was like, well, he's not playing here. So yeah. uh, there's some of those, that tier is missing, I think, at this festival a bit. And I think it's a constant process. Hopefully um, there will be some, um, they will, you know, reconsider that and see what How long is hard working last year has gone? I think it was uh, 16 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe it was 18, actually. Um, but it is always changing. And like I said, it is, I think the conference was really, really strong this year. Um, there were some great stories from Anne-Marie Shields, who did the keynote speech. She works in BIM. And uh, <laughs> as she discussed, I was talking to her beforehand, she was like, I really just hope we don't end up talking about uh, Kevin Shields that much because right. that's her brother. Mm. Um, but because I heard Dave Fanning interview her because she started a new label recently called AMS Records. And uh, she went on Dave Fanning and all Dave Fanning did was talk about My Blue Valentine. And oh, he played no. My Blue, Va My Blue Valentine songs. It was like, and she... 
respectfully asked him, could, could we actually just talk about my the label and the reason I'm here kind of thing? Yeah. And he ended up playing two songs from My Bloody Valentine. Oh, it's not great. <laughs> so, uh, but there was, look, look, there was loads of other things. There was, uh, I was on a panel about music and media. Jim Carroll had a go at me. I oh, know he didn't. He did. <laughs> he did a little bit have a go at me about why, why am I doing more serious journalism about the music industry? Oh, I see. Which was... Um, Unexpected, but there you go. And I just said, well, that's what you used to do, which he no longer does. Um, and then there was a talk about mental health, which a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Dave Hanarati, was on. And that was interesting what I saw. I couldn't see it all. Um, but um, yeah, it was a really good weekend. I think the conference is really strong this year. Um, and I think, look, hopefully things can get tweaked as they go on. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. A festival like that needs to stay relevant. And uh, it is a very relevant thing. And it's doing great things. And bringing more people from outside of Ireland to uh, the city for a weekend and getting them talking to Irish artists is a really, really, really good thing. And I think a lot of the artists really benefit from that. Good. Um, so it was good. And um, yeah, speaking of, uh, we were talking about good music. Uh, well, speaking of good music, <laughs> did you watch Saturday Night Live last weekend? I watched Saturday Night Live last weekend. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's uh, it was Kanye West was the special guest on the on the show, and he performed well three songs in the end, which is more than most people get to perform. Usually, it's two songs and. Uh, that's it, really. Maybe yeah. they appeared. He didn't appear in any sketches, did he? No, he didn't. Not that I know of. No, I don't think so. They, they, they would have been buried anyway yeah. under the furor of controversy that's kind of come out because of it. But yeah, maybe we'll talk about the performance first. Yeah, so he did uh, our favourite song. Not really. Song uh, of the Year. I love it. Um, I love it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, I mean, the most notable thing was that they dressed up as bottles of sparkling water mm. and... Uh, I enjoyed that part of it. Me too. And the uh, memeable gifts that came out of it. Yeah. Um, and Tiana Taylor joined him for, um, what's the name of that song again? I can't remember, but the, the song from, um, it was a new song, wasn't it? Sorry, yes, it was a new song that was probably going to be on Yandy, which is now being pushed back to November 23rd. Yeah, it's, um, it's not going to happen, is it? So uh, he but, actually, um, his quote during the week was... Uh, um, I started incorporating sounds that you never heard before and pushing and having concepts that people don't talk about. We have concept talking about body shaming and women being looked down upon for how many people they have slept with. It's just Who, who's not talking about that? Yeah, I know. It's just a full Yay album and those five albums I dropped earlier were like superhero rehabilitation. And now the alien Yay is back in full mode. Right. We're going to Africa in two weeks to record. Um, I felt this energy when I was in Chicago. I felt the roots. We have to go to what is known as Africa don't know what okay. he's going on there. So that's a that's continuing um, the somewhat, you know, look, it's, it's a complicated thing to experience uh, or even enjoy any kind of West records at the moment. because it's, Especially when he's, when he's saying things like, oh, people aren't talking about women body shaming and stuff. There are... Tons of women talking about that. Like, what? What are you talking about? What? What he? What he's actually saying is, I haven't talked about it, and yeah. I'm the only person in the world whose opinion matters right now. Yeah. And then the other things he's talking about is basically the most mainstream thing that you can do, which is supporting the president. You know, yeah. like he's he obviously he came out in the MAGA hat. Um, following the performance, which I enjoyed, by the way, because it's the happiest I've ever seen Kanye West look. There is, and something that. Um Myself and my wife talk about it a lot, and she's like, "Ah, oh, he he always catches himself smiling, and yeah. then he stops. He does, yeah. And he yeah. sees it. He he like you saw after one of the performances, he clearly had a smile, and then he saw him on the monitor or whatever, and, and then he, he like, stops. Yeah, closes his mouth. He's like, nope. 
no, you're yeah. not seeing my teeth. But he, all. but it, it was almost like he, he gave, he gave up that pretense of being, you know, uh, like hard going Kanye West who doesn't smile for the duration of the performance, which in itself became a performance. Like he looked manic, you know, right. he looked, he looked like he was, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's hard to know whether he was being himself or he was performing happiness. Um, either way, it was nice to see him smile. Um, and it, it, it doesn't really get more wholesome than dressing up as a bottle of sparkling water and having a little dance around with your mate. But then came the rant. Um, so yeah, for anyone who doesn't watch SNL, uh, regularly, usually the show ends with a, a send off. The, yeah. the guest uh, this year, this, this week was Adam Driver or the uh, host was Adam Driver and he usually just says goodbye to everybody and everyone claps and the band, the SNL house band, you know. They all do a little wave. Do the and outro just, track yeah. and then they all hug and, and that's not what happened this time. That's right? not what happened this time at all, no, no. So if you were watching the show, that is what happened and it, it ended. Um, but well, he also were... performed Ghost Town from... Um, yeah. Easy, or... Uh, which one? Uh, yay. Yay. Um, yeah. And yeah, so before that song kicked in, he went on a bit of a, a bit of a rant um, in which he voiced his concern about, uh, quote, 90 percent of media being uh, liberal and um, 90 percent of rappers and he, he seemed to say 90 percent about a lot of people um, and I mean he's not wrong it's obviously like a, a, a widely kind of left media in America and elsewhere which as a lefty I'm not like overly concerned about but um, yeah it came out in the MAGA hat um, claimed that SNL Producers were bullying him, telling him not to come out wearing the hat, uh, not to go on a rant and not to talk about Trump. Um, and he basically said, fuck you, I do what I want. And then he talked about a few other things that didn't quite make sense in the context of what he was. Which part? Um, wasn't he talking about like fathers and like. Oh, the, yeah. The uh, w- welfare, um, welfare fathers being. um like the, the the welfare state, like uh, taking fathers away. I don't from know if there's any point in even talking about this because it's like, like it's, it's like the continuing just... saga of 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 he doesn't know what he's trying to say yeah. or he's trying to say something and he keeps blundering through it or is he just I don't know. Is he he well? honestly is like he he, actually well. He's making as much sense as like if if anybody and God help you if like me you do watches kind of like lefty YouTube and like responding to very right YouTube. He makes as much sense as like right wing YouTubers who haven't read a scientific or a sociological paper in their lives yeah. and are just like spouting out these like random facts um, about how the left are, you know, targeting yeah, X, like, Y, Z. It's like bullet points he doesn't quite understand that he's, he's, yeah. he's been told to say. It's kind of yeah. what it feels like as opposed to, like he doesn't fundamentally understand what he's really saying. Yeah. Sometimes I would say a bit about that uh, whole rant thing was that he brought up the cast um, and there was some awkward looking there were. Uh, shoegazing going on there. There yeah. was some people who didn't want to uh, engage I mean, what do you do? What do you do? I don't know. He literally called them all up on stage. Yeah. So the most 
they obliged and uh, yeah. but there was a lot of staring at shoes and kind of like awkward looks and mm. people even facing sideways and stuff it was yeah. very odd yeah Anyway, but see. I mean, it, it made for good TV. Yeah, and, but um, also very depressing in lots of ways. Yeah, and certainly not. Um, you know, at the very least, you know, we did. We obviously talked about the Yay albums and all that kind of stuff, and and how there's so much. There can be so much artistry to what he does, but I think he these kind of things they keep diminishing the impact that he can have because he is becoming this talking head who just. Yeah that's what he is and you're yeah. like okay right, and I don't I, I've never enjoyed people making a joke out of Kanye and kind of you know using words like crazy about him and things like that and obviously I, I still I still don't think that I, any of that is appropriate but the the more this goes on the more I just kind of worry about like you said that diminishment of his kind of artistic integrity um I still think those five albums from this year completely stand up um, and against yeah, everything. But it was good to see Tiana Taylor on stage yeah. and being a boss. And uh, yeah, like that's a being reminder. A pro, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of, our... of being on stage and being a boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it is. It is uh, in the eternal um, uh, perennial favorites. Uh, ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> Theresa May walked on stage at a conference and danced to ABBA. It was one of the most excruciating things I've ever seen in my life. It was honestly awful. She's, but she she not noticed from the, like a month and a half ago when she was like in out somewhere and dancing with children, and it was like, oh my god, don't do that again. See, right? My my theory is that she realized that she became a meme, and then she was like, well, you know, I'll I'll right one of two things: a, I'll show them that I know how to take the piss out of myself. So I'll go out and I'll do this little dance, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Or B, she was like, I'll show them with my sick dance moves. <laughs> what's, the, what's the sickest song I can go out and dance to? Okay, I'll be the dancing yeah. queen. A few people on Twitter uh, brought this to our attention. Yes. I think it was Andy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, what do you think about this? It was like... I don't know what to think. <laughs> well, I happen to think that I was music even if it's been danced to by the squarest human alive, <laughs> is okay. You can. It doesn't ruin anything. No, of course not. No, ABBA is for everyone. ABBA is for everyone. ABBA is for They're the children. Equal opportunities. The parents, and all the mothers, all the fathers, and all the children yeah. in all the world. That's Everybody. What, that's what I for. <laughs> even even you, Theresa May. Yeah. Uh, but we we would ask politely of. The Prime Minister to please uh, leave ABBA out of it next time. Leave it out. Leave it out, please. Yep. Um, in other news, the, um, the Black Eyed Peas. Who knew we'd be talking about the Black Eyed Peas this week? <laughs> in um, 2018. Released a new song. Uh, it's Fergie, great. Fergie is no longer with us. Uh, with them. Sorry. Not with <laughs> us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's Fergie's definitely fine. very much alive. She's fine. <laughs> Uh, news news of her death has been um, what do you um, <laughs> what do you think of the new Black Eyed Peas song well it has a mix in it that uh, changes all of a sudden you're like oh this is a good track oh it's unreal um, so I'm going to play this uh, brief um, part this is about halfway through the song it's called Constant Part 1 and 2 there's a reason we're playing this bear with us if you haven't seen this or heard this yet on and on and on all around the clock Three, six, five, watch the new year drop, we keep it constant. Constant, 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 we keep it constant. Constant, 
Oh dear, you may be you may be thinking to yourself there. Oh, that sounds familiar. If you're familiar with um, an artist called Lone, um, so or S Records is is the label that release uh, the the music, the very distinctive music of Lone, and they tweeted about this just uh, two days ago. And just said, sound familiar? So um, it seems to be a direct um, lift, if not direct, a very close uh, second. Uh, so this is, that's that song here. So here's just, just for reference once more. This is the part we're talking about. It is. Six, five, watch the new year drop. We keep. Okay, that's the Black Eyed Peas song. Great, brilliant. Um, and this is the song that it apparently plagiarizes. In a second. What? I'm not sure if it's exactly the same, but here we go again, just for a reference. Constant, we keep it constant. Constant, constant. It sounds kind of pitched down and slightly different, but um, it's it's close enough to be like, hold on a second there. It's close enough. Yeah, for a lawsuit, I <laughs> for, for potentially a, a potential lawsuit. Yeah, yeah so. no, that's um, we and we, we were discussing before we started recording how it is uh, the best. Well, for me anyway, it's the best Black Eyed Peas song I've ever heard, <laughs> which is probably um, that says a lot. Doesn't uh, it? Yeah, it's probably evidence enough that uh, yeah, it's not their song and they completely ripped it off. Yeah, well, we keep an eye on that one and what happens with that if anything does happen. Uh, in the meantime, um, it's like we can't get rid of him. His name is Nile Rogers and he is back again. He's yeah. Another Dublin gig. Sheik and Nile Rogers are playing again in yeah. Dublin after playing Electric Picnic this year. Earlier on in Malahide Castle, they had mm. their own gig. Uh, and now they're back to play the RDS Main Hall on Saturday, December 1st. Yeah. Look, I've no problem with Sheik and Nile Rogers. Obviously, amazing back catalogue, really good live show. But it just begs to like the question why is he playing again? Why are they playing again? Will it sell out? It probably will. Yeah, it probably will. So that's probably why. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, really there you go. Like. There's your answer. Like the thing, the thing about this is, whenever I see uh, Sheik and Nile Rogers announced for venue in Dublin, like I roll my eyes and I'm like, oh, again, not at the fact that he's playing again. It's at like all the fucking tweets of people being <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe they're playing again. And I'm like, I know, lads. Look, it's fine. Do you know what? It's I haven't seen economics. them play here. What? I haven't seen them. I, people like me do exist and maybe I'll go and maybe oh, I'll go to the okay. RDS alright we'll see that's good see I'm sure there are like people in the music media are giving out about them but like yeah, like people everybody. go to gigs re- regularly yeah but at the same time yeah I'm sure there are plenty of people and like I'm thinking about it I've seen Sheikha Nile Rogers like three times in the last five years like that that but is it, a lot if I fair, went again I wouldn't be like Oh, I hate this. No, you know, I enjoy the, the it. Point, I enjoy the it. The point is that, like, <laughs> all those songs are songs that you hear at the best gig yeah. ever. So, so we're just a positive podcast. I mean, know. I'm fine with it. This is, yeah. Let's let's get them on the podcast. We we'll just have to send you to the Nile Rodgers and Sheik gig. I'll cover and see it. How you get on? Special, <laughs> yeah. Me going to a gig for once, and yeah. <laughs> Nile Rodgers will be there. Yeah, true. In less. Um, Exciting news. Um, uh, the drummer of Sigur Ross has left the band mm. after 
rape allegations were made against him very recently. Um, the group's Facebook page said that he decided to leave the band in light of the scale of this matter. The allegations were made by a woman in Los Angeles and involved an alleged rape in 2013 and surfaced in recent days in an Instagram post since deleted. The drummer has not currently been charged with any crime. The band said on his Facebook page that it accepted his resignation to allow him to deal with this privately. Privately. The drummer said he does not want the serious allegations against him to influence the band's important and beautiful work. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is the ongoing, continuing um, fallout from, and rightly so, if that is correct, um, uh, from the Me Too movement from last year. It hasn't really happened an awful lot in music. We've, we have talked about there it a few actually, times in like stories. There, yeah, there, there, there has been a good few bands. A lot of bands we, don't, we wouldn't have featured or talked about really. A lot yeah. of American like indie bands and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, kind of young guys in, in, yeah. their, in their kind of late 20s. Um, the Orioles, wasn't it the Orioles? Yeah, like uh, yeah, there were a few others. Orwells, the um, Orwells, And it's just, it's maybe a sign that Me Too is kind of, like, Me Too wasn't really a moment. It's very much still ongoing. And I, I know that um, Lily Allen, uh, she wrote a piece which may well have been an extract from her book, but I'm not sure, uh, for, for The Pool this week, in which she discussed um, the prevalence of sexual assault and, uh, yeah, in, in, in the music industry and how it is just not ever discussed. Yeah, and when she you does look, have a book out at the moment, uh, My does. Thoughts Exactly, and I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. So might, we might talk about that next week. I'm we, actually listening to it. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to give a give it a read during the week. Yes, yeah, so we might have a have a chat about it next week. But yeah, it's um, there's more and more. There are more and more people um, coming forward about musicians and about um, about producers, just men who are untouchable in this industry which is run by men and supported by men um and which just kind of serves to drive women out so leaving the band is probably the best thing um for everybody involved um well let us not forget that like the biggest thing that happened in before the me too movement was the kesha and dr luke Luke yeah and you wonder what the outcome would that be now had it been taken place a year or two later yeah because um, I think she was looking to get out of her contract, right? That was the main thing. She was, yeah. She just didn't want to make any more music with him, and yeah. uh, they forced her to do it anyway. Um, and yeah, so th- there's obviously a lot going on right now outside of um, outside of the music industry. There's tons going on in the film industry, in politics, uh, in America especially. So I think um, the more and more people speak up about this, and the less that people in the industry, specifically men in the, in, in the industry, are, you know, c- comfortable with covering these things up, um, the further we'll get with this. But I think you're going to hear a lot more about this, uh, stories like this in the next six months to a year. I think you're going to hear a lot more. Yeah, yeah, um, me it's too. It's only beginning. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is the drummer from Sigurus, uh, who has left after those recent rape allegations. Shall we move on to something more pleasing, perhaps? Um, yes. It is time for Songs of the Week. Yeah, our let's first listen to song, some music. Yeah, our first song this week is from Sharon Van Eden. Uh, she is back with a new song, and appropriately enough, it's called Comeback Kid.
has a new song from Sharon Van Eden called Come Back Kid from her forthcoming album. She has a new album out in January called Remind Me Tomorrow. I think it's her first album in a couple of years, four years, I think, if I'm correct. Um, yes, uh, it's out on Jag- Jaguar um, and a bit of a more bombastic uh, sound from her than we normally would expect. Yeah, totally. Like when you think of her, like even her vocals in this are so kind of fuzzy and warbly and uh, compared to that I I would have I think known her mostly for the Skeeter Davis cover of The End of the World where she's just her her voice is so kind of pure and clear but this is a really cool departure from that sound I think she sounds great here yeah it sounds like she has some fire in her belly there um, totally she's been uh, she was in did you see the OA on Netflix at all the TV show she was in no um, I, I had two friends who watched it one said it was great and one said it was garbage and I listened to the latter it was great until the last five minutes kind of thing okay um, but uh, it was a very enjoyable show up until that and she was also and that, that was her acting debut um, I oh think she was a, in it yeah Yes, oh, yes, she, right. was, she was in it, and I think she's going to be in the second, second series uh, coming. Okay. And she's going to be in that, and she recently had a kid as well in that time, so good to hear Sharon Von Etten back. I know a lot of, um, she's kind of like a musician's musician. I know that mm. from talking to people, I remember Kip Malone from TV on the radio telling me about Sharon Von Etten yeah. once before she was really big. I was like, oh, my friend. I think the, the, she studied like piano musicianship, and um, she was in choirs and stuff when she was a kid. She proper, like... Ne- nearly kind of musicological um, roots. Yeah. So, yeah. That is Sharon Van Etten. The song's called Come Back Kid. Our next song is from um, a- an artist from Derry called Soak, who has returned with a new song. This is called Everybody Loves You. Soak with Everybody Loves You uh, from a forthcoming uh, as yet untitled uh, second album. Um, Soak uh, first released an album three years ago but had a lot of buzz going on. Um, she was only, yeah, it was like she was she 19 was by the time 19. the album came out. Yeah, She's 22 yeah. now. Uh, but I remember seeing her other voices when she was 15 and 16. Yeah. And, She's uh, such a talent. Like. Was it Be A Nobody? Oh, Sea Creatures was the song yeah. that she had out. Yeah. Yeah, the, the album was uh, Before We Forget How To Dream. Yeah, she like so diminutive um, really interesting very much like folky and uh, when she appeared it was very much like cute folk music mm. really nice and then the first album was on Rough Trade I think and uh, had a bit more texture to it and mm. a lot going on but didn't lose any of the charm sounds like there's a lot more going on here in a good way I think yeah um, for sure you do yeah. wonder about acts like that like you think about um Acts that appear as like a folky, like singer songwriter buzz, and then grow into something else. And, yeah, and then do they sacrifice something? A good example, uh, 
bit of obscure reference maybe, but uh, the band Girl Pool, do you know them? Don't they're like a duo from America and they started as, they were like 16-year-olds, I think, and they were just bassists, guitarists, and two voices, mm. and that was it. And then they released their, like, I love their early stuff, and then they released, as they, time went on, they added drums, and then it was like, oh, it just sounds like everybody else now a little bit. Yeah. But the vocally and lyrically, it was all very different, but it's that. But Soak still has that um, charm to her voice, and, a very, and it cuts through that um, uh, production as well. In that. Yeah, like, I think her... Her songwriting here seems like it's really stepped up. Um, it's got a much more straightforward hook in it. It's not as guitar driven as that uh, 2015 album was. Um, and even like in, in her lyrics, the the her her first album was really focused on like figuring things out and youth and with, with, with like a cool edge and spin on it. Um, but in this, like she, she's got lyrics are I was built from concrete. I don't hurt no more. So she's kind of seems like she's like seen a thing or two now. She's matured. And I think that it's benefited her songwriting immensely. Um, she's done this, this a really, really good, solid track. Yeah, I was wondering, I was actually just on the bike coming to work today and I was thinking about, for some reason I started thinking about George Ezra. Oh, I think I heard a song. He's playing, he's a, he's announced a gig. It was that shock, that shotgun song that's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about him in the context of that. Now she's slightly outside, she's on Rough Trade. Mm. They're an independent label. They're not going to be probably maybe they do set her up with songwriting camps and all that kind of stuff mm. but when you go into that major label system like George Ezra has when he's gone from this like um, rootsy folksy singer songwriter guy into this like pop yeah and it's pop, like, like oh it's just like it's that like not that he had an edge necessarily mm. but he had something that was his own thing and now it's like put it in the box yeah. and make it sound like everything else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, that's kind of the the charm gets lost then. It does, yeah. Whereas I think here, she's kind of like, that. she's got a very charming voice, first of all. Um, but I, th- I I think that her, her songwriting has kind of benefited from going a bit more hook-driven um, because there's, there's yeah. interesting things happening like instrumentally here as well. And there's interesting things happening in the harmonies Um it just just at the end of the little clip that we played there, it goes into something quite interesting after that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, do we need to have a date for the album? No, I think it'll or? be 2019. But there's okay. a gig in the Grand Social on the, in Dublin on the 27th of November. Lovely. So you can go check that out Catch if you want. That. If you're interested in what you just heard and you're a fan of Soak. Uh, next up, we have an artist who is familiar to all of you, I'm sure. It is St. Vincent. She has a new uh, stripped-back version of her album coming out uh, next week, actually. Um, the original one was called Mass Seduction, and everyone kind of thought it was actually Mass Education. Yes. So she called the stripped-back uh, album Mass Education. Um, so it was recorded in um, while they were mixing and mastering the original album, mm. just with herself and Thomas Bartlett, who also plays with The Gloaming, amongst many other things. Um, and this is a taste of one of the songs from it. This is a Saviour from the album. You dress me in a nun's black habit Hail Mary pass Cause you know I'll grab it Then hand me a badge And a little billy club Like I'm supposed To book you on a hit and run Adore you to the grave and father Honey, I can't be your martyr Maybe it's just human nature But honey, I can't be your saviour 
But then you say, please, please, dress me in leather. That is St. Vincent. song is called Saviour. You might recognize it from the original album. Um, you're a fan of St. Vincent. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, I really, really loved that album that came out last year as well. Um, so, so, so excited for for the upcoming one next week. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Like, so she didn't, well, she she performed a, a kind of a, a strip back, a kind of a strip back um performance of of the whole album um in the states i think tuesday night just gone and then didn't mention anything about anything being recorded and then when everybody left the theater people were handed copies of this handwritten letter um explaining that there was going to be a new album and it said uh thomas bartlett and i performed these songs over two days in a studio in midtown manhattan august 2017 we neither rehearsed nor spoke about how to approach any of the songs, but played two to three live takes, picked the best one and trusted the spirit of the moment. It was fast, intuitive, discovered, raw. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. There's, but because I love the album so much, I'm getting excited about like specific songs on it. I want to hear like reimagined and yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I have a love hate relationship with St. Vincent. That's a very that would be a strong statement because sure. I really am a fan, um, and I really enjoyed her gig last year in oh, the Olympia. Great. That was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But there's something. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood. For St. Vincent. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know how to put it. It's just like oh, so so actually, this might be nice to hear because sometimes I feel like. Did you like the album last year? I liked a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked I like it like. Yeah, I like it a lot. I liked her earlier stuff, but sometimes I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know if that what that means, but um, <laughs> but I really respect her. We also have the same birthday. Happy birthday, oh, Annie happy Clark. Bir- birthday, Annie. Belated happy birthday to you. Yeah, um, you're younger and definitely more talented. Than me. <laughs> so thanks for that. I'd, I'd um, say she's got a better collection of guitars as well. <laughs> she can play guitar better than me she, for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> she can play um, guitar better than most of us, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's coming out on October twelfth. That's right. And so I'm next, very excited. Next Friday, that is Saint Vincent. A song album is called Mass Education. Our final song of the week is from Jesse Ware. A song released this uh, just today um, it is called uh, Overtime and it features a production by Bicep Say, Are you ready for the night to be the day Captain Tisha written all over your face Don't you tell me that you only love the chase Let's find a way Meet me at the bar and don't be late Drink you up like some melanie. Give it to me, baby, straight, no chase. Let me see. 
Love it. Banger. Absolute <laughs> banger. So we were talking about like you're not your problems with an artist, but like my favorite part of Jessie Ware is when she does this stuff. Yeah, me too. Because it's so much fun and uh, and her voice is so good on it. It is. This kind of production, it works really, really well. Um, I like her other stuff as well, but it's much, it can be a bit more like coffee table almost no yeah at its worst it can be a bit more yeah like, no i think table. yeah i agree with that but in, like her stuff that she did the disclosure in the early days she had a couple of tracks like um, imagining it was us it is us um that's a great track and it was another similar banger like this just a really really cool like clubby song yeah i like um, when she's like proper on the dance floor yeah like that's my favorite jesse where and she did, did say that the, this is a taste of things to come so yeah. hopefully there's more of this I'd love to hear her work with loads of different producers um, and just see what comes out um, because she seems to work on everything. That is, uh, as far as I know, Bicep's first uh, production for somebody else. Oh, cool. Uh, as far as I know. Um, and you can kind of hear their buzz in the background there. I really like it. I think James Ford from Simeon Mobile Disco was involved in some way. Okay. Um, so yeah, really, really like that yeah, a lot. It's just proper good dance music. It's great. Yes. I can't wait to hear this in yes. the club. You're going to hear that at Lumo, I'm sure, on our third birthday on the 27th of October. And thank you for sure. Um, Will we move on to albums of the week? Yes. Yes, we will. Uh, we have two albums for you this week. Uh, the first one is my favourite. It uh, came out a few weeks ago, but I'm um, going to play uh, a, first, a track from it that really like stands out to me. Um, it is from Eve's Two More, who you might know, who's been releasing a lot of uh, albums and uh, EPs over the last couple of years, but still... The album is Safe in the Hands of, Lo of Love, his first album on Warp Records, and it has changed completely, well, not completely, but a different tact than what he usually has, and uh, I'm really, really impressed with what he has. This is a song called uh, Noid, so have a listen to this. That was one of the tracks from Eve's Two More's new album, Safe in the Hands of Love. Um, I first heard about Eve's Two More on our other podcast, actually, when Sally played me. One you of have her. other podcasts? <sighs> yes. Another oh, podcast Lord. called Loose Joints, we also have, uh, where we inter interview people about the music they like, and I'm we play some new music as part of it. Um, so that was one of the songs she brought to me. It was called, um, it was a beautiful, like, Twilight, a like soulful jam called The Feeling When You Walk Away. A lot of his music, um, that was from two years ago, a lot of his music has been this kind of strange, um, like, 
what it, they kind of feel like sample based jams that kind of come out in the studio and he releases them as instrumentals mm-hmm. and every time since then I was kind of going oh Eve's Two More has something out and then I listened to it and I was like oh right okay I don't know what this is um, mm. it's an instrumental thing it feels like it sometimes feels like unfinished but this one is something completely different um, his name is Sean Bowie he's from Tennessee originally um, and this is practically a weird dark pop record in comparison to all the other stuff that he's done um, very much like a different like there's a lot of pop melodies on this that song in particular it's been the Avalanche was one of the first references that I heard about yeah. this song and it kind of does remind me of that like bloggy music that was out like six seven years ago but the other uh, comparison I keep coming back to is Jay Dilla on that song. It's like a very much like a, a Jay Dilla beat kind of thing. Yeah. And something that he did on uh, just before he died on um, Donuts and stuff like that. That kind of uh, uh, textured music that um, Jay Dilla had uh, going on. And I really like it. I really like it a lot. There's a lot of uh, different kind of things in it. It's kind of like a bit of trappy. There's a bit like trip hop stuff. There's a chill wavy kind of vibe to it. But overall, it's there's, there's a lot of vocals on it. There's a lot of pop vocals in a lot of ways. I mean, pop in terms of like Warp Records pop. Yeah, you know, in comparison not, to yeah, the past. Kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. Like it's not, um, uh, you know, Ariana Grande by any means, but like it is very different and it's very, very cool. It's an album that I've been really, really sinking into in the last week and um, I've been really, really enjoying it. It's uh, There was uh, other albums out in the last uh, week or so, like Roosevelt, which I was a bit disappointed by. Mm. Very much the same thing over and over again from the first album. I was like, oh, not really into that. Well, I, may, I, I like it, but I'm also like diminishing returns right yes sure so. yeah that's fair i i like it the roosevelt one but um i find this one a lot more interesting yeah it's what i like about this one is that it feels like um that kind of like world building personics that's in it that's mm-hmm. like it's very much like somebody who's made a lot of instrumental music and made really interesting things and then has decided to go i know what i'm going to do this time I'm going to put some vocals on it and I'm going to make it sound slightly different, but I'm still going to put that weirdness in it. Yeah. So for an example, here's another song from it. Uh, this is called Honesty and it's much weirder than this. Uh, and that Noid song you just heard this is Honesty.
So not necessarily pop by any means, but certainly um, for him, um, much more vocal driven and a uh, different tact for himself. Uh, much more, uh, very imaginative and lots of, um, you kind of feel yourself getting lost in the album as a whole. And as an album, that's why I'm recommending it because I feel like it works uh, as a whole altogether. There's a kind of different styles in there. It can be a bit soulful, it can be a bit abrasive. Um, bit ambient like you can hear there but I just really enjoy it and it's kind of experimental mm. kind of poppy kind of alternative kind of it's weird. pretty dense as well you can spend a yeah. lot of time with it like yeah, I definitely still like feel being, like I need more listens with it yeah. which is I think the sign of a good album I think so yeah the more you want to listen to it the more you can discover from it yeah, but that exactly. song is like being uh, uh, you know encased in a um, a shroud of, of, of smoke or something it's yeah. sort of like that kind of feel and especially a really good headphones album that way mm. really good headphones album good headphones album yeah. Dude, yeah, <laughs> take dude. a drink every time we call something <laughs> a good headphones album so that's Eve's two more song or the album is called Safe in the Hands of Love do check it out it's also uh, referenced on 909.com interview or a review during the week so um, do have a look at that um, Dre what is your album of the week uh, so my album of the week is a little bit different to what we've been discussing um Different to maybe anything we've discussed on the podcast, um, it is the Mount Erie live album. Uh, it's called After Brackets Live. And it's uh, for, for anybody familiar with um, with Mount Erie, they'll know that it, uh, it's the project of Phil Elverum, uh, who's previously made music under uh, the microphones. And he released an album called A Crow Looked At Me um, in 2017, which was this kind of meditative concept album about the death of his wife, uh, who's the cartoonist and musician uh, Genevieve Castre. I, I'm going to guess I've only ever seen it written down. Um, so she was survived by El Elrum and their one and a half year old daughter. So this album was pretty much universally acclaimed um, for its kind of brutal reflections on grief, these stark and really painful lyrics. Um, it's like really biting upfront and it, it addresses grief in like the most head on way that you possibly can. And it's not an easy listen um, by any means, but like it's it's an excellent, excellent album. Um, so we, we could maybe take a listen to um, Death is Real, which is the first track on both this live album and on the 2017 uh, A Crow Looked at Me. Someone's there and then they're not And it's not for singing about It's not for making into art When real death enters the house All poetry is dumb When I walk in to the room So it kind of, it, it captures the kind of mundane aspects of grief, like the day-to-day the -day that you have to deal with. Uh, so there's images of like his daughter's backpack that was purchased by his wife before she died because she knew that 
the daughter would be going to school eventually, um, taking out the garbage and having to go back inside and her not being there and the kind of reality of walking around empty rooms. So it's it, it's hard going. And this the live record consists of songs from 2017's A Crow Looked At Me and then a later released um, LP called Now Only, which both kind of deal with the same subject matter. Um, and I think what's interesting about this as a live album um, is how it sort of transforms these songs. So in its initial form, it's very um, introspective in terms of Elvram's own uh, experience with grief. With grief. Um, but it's kind of the recontextualization of it in a live setting just opens the music and the lyrics up to kind of broader um, experiences of grief. It was recorded in a, in a cathedral. Um, so the significance of kind of shared communal space of the cathedral as a place where people discuss uh, death and especially through music for centuries is really, really interesting. Um, and it's just, it's a really powerful performance. It's one of those, you know, when you're listening, when you're listening to a live album, you can feel a bit like nearly left out because you're not there. Um, this is one of those that feels very inclusive because you know that everybody in the room in the cathedral at that time is going through something that is extremely universal and yet specific to them. And they're just being totally respectful of listening to every single word that he's saying. And there's a, a part towards the end, just before the last song that he, he performs, where he just thanks everybody and you know usually in, in on live albums it'd be like oh thanks everyone this was so special and then people would be like woo yeah play another one blah. but it, with this it's just kind of really subdued applause and just everyone's just shook it's incredible we can yeah listen yeah. to that little part thank you guys I'm gonna play my last song now this is it's time but yeah, <laughs> this is intense. This is an amazing show. Thanks for being here. <laughs> very, very raw. Yeah, it's it's clear that he's like he's really moved by it, like, and that the audience is just paying attention to every note word and whisper of it and that everyone there is like moved in a different way but in this shared way as well um in a completely different way it's a gray headphones album <laughs> um <laughs> definitely different way but it's one of those that like you you reach the end of it and i think that it, it really does have the power to change your perception of something whether or not you've been through like a traumatic kind of period of grief or not um yeah. it's it's one of those that just kind of points to the to the most universal thing that we all experience and to me that's what music is supposed to do you know ah. yeah uh, but <laughs> he's he's remarried since and he's happy now so yeah, yeah. um yeah, it reminded me that uh, there was a question at the mental health panel actually mm. at Harvard Glass Series last week, the conference I was at, and um, one of, it was at the mental health panel. So uh, a guy in the audience was asking about some whether people feel like they should share their pain and if they are going to be exploited 
artistically mm. uh, as by doing so yeah. by bearing their soul or saying that they're um they're not feeling well um kind of back to the Kanye thing is like whether you know um is that exploitative or is it does it help us understand yeah uh, about the world where what you and your place in it or something like this it's a very specific thing you're mm. dealing with somebody else's grief and that's very powerful yeah. but they're also sharing it in such a uh, raw and unfiltered way that it's quite hard not to be moved by it and to feel some connection to it yeah i think i th- i think the the conversation around kind of uh, g- giving a, a musician giving you know not not even a lot of themselves like everything that they've had in this extremely personal experience there 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 will be kind of questions and it's a good question about whether or not it's exploitative but I think it's it's also important to remember that music has always come before the industry and mu- music is art before it's commercial so he um I I believe I read in a review before that he hadn't intended on ever releasing these songs he he wrote them in like the direct aftermath of of her death and for whatever reason, he he did decide to to release them, and uh, there's a, a a lot of people who are glad that he did, obviously. Um, but I think that when when you're looking at something this raw and this personal, it's it's hard to you 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 can't separate the the person's kind of personal grief and personal mental state from the music itself. So I think that in itself lends an integrity to it that can't be exploited mm. if that makes sense maybe yeah i get that i think uh, you know music is a is an expression of universal feelings at its mm. best and <clears throat> like you said it's a it's topic rarely explored mm. especially in such an intimate way and even at like i haven't i can't actually listen to that album the, no, no dear the, yeah. album, because it's too upsetting yeah um and that's my decision but at the same time i really you know, admire somebody for f- hopefully finding some kind of solace in sharing that with somebody yeah. else. And clearly other people are moved by it as well. Yeah, because um, I think it's it's twofold. It's the, the solace of having written the album and now in, in, the, in these live performances that he did, the solace of finding a shared community of support in others and them in him. Um, I think it's re- it's really really powerful. I I love that it was recorded in a church as well. Even though there's there's no religious you know co- context to anything that he's singing about. Um, the people that saw him there might necessarily be religious, but there is a a poignancy to performing something in a space where death has been explored through music for centuries. You know, mm. and this is just. It's it's secular, but it's still kind of following along that path. Um, and the kind of the relationship between death and music is still really, really, really interesting and finding new ways to kind of break us internally, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's a difficult record for sure. So he's since remarried to the actress Michelle Williams, right? Yes, yeah, he has. Um, who also had a similar experience, obviously, um, Heath Ledger, she was going out with yeah. at the time and uh, when he died. So I wonder if that was um, 
a, a somewhat of a catalyst for for that relationship. Yeah, um, in some way. yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, but, okay. but it sounds like uh, you know there's solace there, and um, yeah, if you can handle it, um, one worth exploring. Yeah, I think it's a record that has the potential to actually like change you if you can give yourself to it. But it's hard work, so it, it comes with a warning for sure. Um, but yes, it's a good one. It's. Um, after Live by Mount Erie. Isn't Very good. That are albums of the week. Uh, both of them are, that was uh, Mount Erie, After Live, as you just said, and Eve's Two More, Safe in the Hands of Love. Up next, we're going to chat to Saint Sister, who have a new album out today called The Shape of Silence. Uh, if you don't know Saint Sister, they are Morgan McIntyre and Gemma Doherty uh, from Derry in Belfast. They met in 2014 at Trinity College in Dublin. Um, they quickly dubbed their music Atmos Folk, uh, atmospheric mm-hmm. folk music. And uh, basically, they their music relies on a lot of harp, um, synthesizers and harmony. Uh, the album was recorded with producer Alex Ryan uh, and is seeing released today. Uh, Gemma and Morgan uh, joined us. Uh, well, just myself, actually. I was about to say, I, uh, I'm i suspiciously quiet during this interview <laughs> because I was yeah. not in the room. Earlier this week, but, um, <laughs> for a chat about the album. We've shattered the illusion now. They know that it's pre-recorded. It's fine. <laughs> it still happened. We didn't manufacture the conversation. But uh, they're lovely, lovely people. And they came in for a chat about all that's been going on with them. So this is Saint Sister. Let's watch Twin Peaks in the summer Close the curtains, we are grow Let's play Judy in your bedroom While our TV's out on Sell your writing to the majors Take me with you when you go All my friends are in Berlin now In this Morgan and Gemma from Saint Sister, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I think when you guys got together, um, it was very clear from the off you had like a chemistry in terms of uh, both yourselves um, and the music that you make and and your instruments as well. You know, you you form you you came up with a very unique I- idea and sound uh, from the very start. So, how do you develop that then over um, the course of an album? Then um, you know, you you've coined the term. You coined the term atmosphere, right? <laughs> Um, we, Alex Ryan, who we produced all the music with, kind of said it one day, he just threw it out there, um, because we were just talking about music, as you do, and it, we all kind of went like, ah yeah, that's cool, it kind of makes sense, but then we all just left it there, and I don't think we, I think we did, we maybe did mention it once or twice at the start, but I don't think we wanted to necessarily, like, put yeah. ourselves in that place and, and keep it there. It's definitely a useful, like, yeah. shorthand. It is, But, yeah. you know, it's not the overall picture. Exactly, um, yeah. But sure, no genre name Exactly, is, you yeah. Know, um, but it's very useful, like I said, uh, you know, you've come on a very unique sound, um, you developed a very unique sound together. Did that come out together quite quickly? Um, well, thank you. Um, I guess I guess it did. We, we weren't really uh, intending to make anything necessarily in particular, but mm. um, I guess... The harp is Gemma's main instrument and she's been playing it since she was small. So those kind of things just came naturally and um, 
the only reason I kind of started playing synth in the band is because I had a hands free and we were just wondering what else we could add to bulk up the sound. So it all just kind of came in very naturally and organically and um, we liked what we were hearing. So we kept going. It's just a case of using what we had. I think people would sometimes ask like, oh, um, how did you decide to go down that route? But it it was never like my, I didn't, neither of us really had a background in in a sort of traditional band setup like I don't play guitar or drums or anything like that so it was never like a conscious move away from anything it's just like using what you have and trying to fit it into this certain sort of sphere sure but um, that's a benefit for you guys like because you have a unique sound as a result yeah well it's I think for for a growing up and stuff I didn't really know um I kind of picture myself maybe more in the like traditional world or maybe in the composition world or more of a that's kind of what I grew up with so uh, I didn't really know only really then when we met and we started doing this that it started to kind of take on that that form of its own but um that's what kind of how it all came about and in terms of the, the newer stuff I think we just we met around four years ago and we pretty much were strangers to each other when we started writing songs together uh so in terms of how the albums progressed, it's just been a case of just getting to know each other more and the recording process and all has re- remained largely the same. We recorded everything in Kerry with Alex the same way we did do with the EP and the singles before. But I think we just just got to know each other and just um just kind of pushed that relationship and hopefully that's hopefully mm. there's a progression in that sense. Yeah, the the harp obviously is uh, an instrument associated with Ireland in lots of ways, but it's not that very prom it's not much prominence in terms of popular music right uh, not really and is even sorry <laughs> do you have any like influences in terms of harp and popular music that you can think of like i've listened to mary Lattimore recently yeah, and yeah, yeah. like i'm hearing more of that and like even like john newsom and all obviously um Aye. but it's not a very prominent instrument in irish music otherwise in terms of like non-trad it's not really and it's essentially i've only I uh, came across Mary Lattimore's music like, a year or so ago. Um, she's really beautiful. But f- people would ask that a lot of like, um, are you a fan of Joanna Newsom or, or um, other other harpists maybe who've brought it into the more contemporary sphere? But I've been playing it for such a long time that it, it um, it's just kind of all I've all I've known in in a sense. Uh, so it's it's really nice to see it on the on in, on a different type of stage. And it's there's a there's a nice sort of encouragement and you know. A, camaraderie that way when you, you kind of see it being used but in terms of influences it my it would be more from the traditional stuff or like traditional players there's a Scottish harper who I love um Katrina Mackay who she's very much in the in the traditional world but it's a very contemporary use of the instrument like she just she can make it sound like anything so she was a really inspiring player for me but um yeah because live you do a lot of you know um individual parts with the with the harp that maybe people wouldn't expect you know certainly not in the traditional sense anyway um i think you get some really lovely textures out of it and it's very evocative it's and it's something that works very well together with synths as well right mm. uh, i think it's something that is core from what i like about your music is that whole part of it that is very evocative and you talk about the album title yeah. um shape of silence is the uh, album title and there is a lot of uh, that in your music as well yeah, I think um, we were interested in the idea of silence and what can be said and what can be felt in, in the kind of the gaps. And um, it's not that we're afraid of like layering things up, but it's it's more like in a linear sense, we we like to kind of push and um, kind of pull and play with with um, people's expectations in terms of like what they're going to hear and, and in terms of the lyrics and, and things like that as well. So silence and like 
space and the, and the gaps in between. That's what we were. Um, that's what kind of comes from the music as well as as the lyrics. obviously has produced all of your stuff so far right yeah um and what does he bring to the table then Caesar? it's a very from the start yeah, yeah it's um so it's just the three of us kind of the whole way um in terms of we we haven't really had many other players in and stuff either so it's it's kind of just just us and it's an all-encompassing like he'll um he's engineering and producing and uh playing on it sometimes as well so he's been pretty he's been very um key in, in the whole thing we tend to demo things um as far as we can before we go in there so we've always had a pretty good like a pretty good sketch on where everything's going to sit and um like structures and, and textures and stuff like that but he's just brought a really um there's just re- like some really lovely touches to songs or things that maybe we hadn't thought of ideas that you don't think will work mm. because we all have quite different influences and we tend to we all listen to quite different things so um it's kind of interesting that as well he, he might suggest something and, and we go like it doesn't feel like it'll work at all at, at first like the we just talked about tin man there but um that song was all the layers were pretty much there apart from that baseline it, it which moves quite a lot and it was a lot straighter in in our version and he yeah. kind of went what about something like this and at first i was like that sounds mad like mm. no way then let it sit for a while and I love that now. It's like one of my favorite parts of the song. So he kind of um, just brought something else like we. But it, it just he just has a really nice, really yeah. nice touch. And it's very subtle, but um, we built a kind of nice dynamic with him. I think, as you said, the varying tastes um, mm. is something that really added to it. And I thought maybe at the start that that would be almost a hindrance or because you, yeah. you want to go in making music with someone that you think um, kind of likes the same all the same music as you and that you share a lot of the same influences but it's meant that there's like a little bit more diversity than mm. I think there would have been otherwise and every idea yeah you have to fight for every idea it's not just like well yeah that's kind of feels like it'll go yeah. along with this kind of atmosphere that we're trying to make like he'll suggest something mm. kind of something more groovy than I would ever kind of yeah. think because I'm not as much <laughs> into that but but if it's good enough it'll stay and then um because of that I think that's that's the just the variety yeah we all pushed each other
Um, there are a couple of spoken word kind of background mm, yeah. bits in the. Who's doing those? So that's my friend um, Kevin Bernock, and he, uh, he he's a really old um, uh, friend of mine, and uh, he he's been writing for a long time, and I've been reading his um, essays and pieces for a long time, and I felt it's, it kind of started to become clear that almost the two pieces were nearly having a conversation with each other because we were both uh, working on such. He's working on his book at the moment and we were working on the album. It was the first time both of us were working on um, like a long form piece of, of work. And uh, I, you wrote um, Steady and sent me sent me the instrumentation of it. And there was just kind of this space in the music that I thought something like that might work. And I had uh, the same guy had um, narrated a, a short film that I was watching at that time. So I recorded his narration um, and then played it over it and thought that I sent it back to you and it was probably terrible, terrible quality, but something about it worked. So then uh, we asked him whether he'd be up for that idea in theory and he sent us the full book and which will be released on Faber next year. And I was, while we were in the studio in Kerry, uh, you'd be laying down a take and I was kind of just really enjoying going through his book and taking little fragments here and there and showing them to Gemma. And then we both decided that there was a few few bits that seemed to really make sense with what we were doing as well. Mm-hmm. And um there's a few things, a few bits of ours that have kind of worked its way into his book as well. So it feels like the two t- pieces of um, of art are kind of like in, in kind of connecting with each other. So he read it as well. So we got him into the studio and um, yeah. And yeah, cool. that's that kind of different layer that uh, that we couldn't have done without him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. In a way, your album's coming out in sh- very shortly, but it's only the, it's kind of the beginning, even though it's been four years you've been yeah. together now. Um, you're going on a very extensive tour. Um, you're going to uh, America and mm-hmm. uh, Australia as well. Yes. And sure. doing some Irish dates as well. Mm-hmm. So um, so in terms of the album, when the album actually does come out, like, would you look at reviews? Would you read? Like, what what are you hoping for? You know, like, that's a, like you're putting a, a thing out into the world. I so know. What, what, does that, what does that mean to you? Uh, we're hoping people like it and and kind of connect with it in some way um and I guess we're just hoping that people like it enough that they'll maybe come to see us play and that we can maybe do it again I I think we just want to make our end goal is just continuing to make music so whatever whatever path that I guess positive reviews are really really nice and and they obviously help but as long as people who want to come to our shows like yeah. it I guess that's the most important thing and, and sometimes you can have a career even if all the critics don't like your stuff so um, that's we just want to keep making music so whatever needs to happen for that to be the case yeah I think that's okay it. well I think you have a good chance with that no um, thank you so uh, Gemma and Morgan thank you for coming in thanks and, so much thank you so and, much uh, best luck with the album and the tour I just wish we laughed in time That's all That was Gemma and Morgan from Saint Sister. Thank you so much for coming in and hope you enjoyed that. Um, Their album, Shape of Silence, is one of the best Irish music releases of this year. And they really found a very unique um, sound that they own themselves. Kind of interesting, like the harp is, like we talked about a little bit there, is is an instrument that is so symbolic of Ireland, but rarely used in Mm. contemporary music. But I think they do it in such a beautiful way. 
Um, they are playing actually next week in the Olympia on October 11th. I would recommend catching them They're live. They're absolutely bloody They're fantastic. Do stunning, check them out. They're stunning. fucking great. Um, that is Saint Sister. Great together now. Yes. And that's pretty much it for 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 our uh, podcast this week. Yeah. Um, so I'll finish by asking you our now customary question: What are you listening to and watching this week? Um. So I have been. I talked about the prestige. And <laughs> uh, oh, I actually, I went to the Adam Buxton podcast last night. So he's someone that I listen to a lot. And um, the lovely David O'Doherty was the guest and they basically talked about bikes for most of the night <laughs> and it was deadly. It was great. Really, really funny. Really cool crowd. Um, so yeah, listen to Adam Buxton. And the other thing I've been listening to a lot is the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix audiobook as read by... Um, Stephen Fry. Oh, nice! And it's basically been that and the Mount Erie record. So it's been a strange week <laughs> for least, me, yeah. <laughs> especially because I'm at the part. Do, do you do you read the Harry Potter books? No. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not against them. That's that's I that's fine. That's fine. Well, for readers read of it, um, there's a, a, a large section at the beginning of that book where it's just really grim and everyone's really sad and angry. And so that kind of coupled with the Mount Erie album has made it a kind of an introspective week. Right. But um, yeah, that's been me. I've been enjoying the No Name album still that we recommended last week. I am also me enjoying the Villagers album that we recommended as well. Saw a gig of his last night in the National Concert Hall. It was a Spotify um, like event event eventually like basically it was a put on um with domino records his label and he played a lot of the new album so is this gonna be one of those things where it's like a spotify sessions thing no it actually isn't what they did was it was half like media and in guests and then the other half was top listeners on spotify who listened to villagers were invited along that's yeah. deadly. So it was really cool. It was just That's a nice. really sweet thing to do. Yeah, and it was really nicely done. Uh, they had the visuals um, or the artwork um, that um, uh, that up on the screen as visuals, and they had a, developed a really nice way of doing that. Um, and a lot of the new album was basically there was two old songs, and the rest of it was all new. Yeah. Um, again, was one of those songs that really like got me last night. Also, I was actually sitting. Um, in the middle and there was a woman beside me and you know like I didn't get a chance to talk to her or whatever it was kind of like everyone was sitting down um, and she played um, Love Came With All That It Brings and um, immediately she stood up as soon as it was over and was like clapping furiously so clearly a fan Um, he was really 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 great only thing is I didn't get to hear that song Ada he didn't play that last night but really a couple of different people in his band really interesting and um I'll be honest, I was out last night after the gig uh, on a Wednesday night, which is not normal. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a bit tired now today, but sure, that's the way it happens sometimes. I'm so sorry for making you listen to Mount Erie while you've got a hangover. Listen to it, it's (laughs) fine, it's fine. Uh, the other thing I've been I've been watching in the last week is um, the Netflix show Maniac. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, I've watched I think six episodes of it. It's I got great. one left. One left. I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it after the first two, but it took a I, took I, a while to get going. I've been telling people watch it until the third episode, and if you don't like the third one, then give up. Yeah, but keep watching it. It's great, isn't it? I really really enjoy it. Yeah, and I love the um, performances. Justin Theroux is brilliant in it. Yeah, he's and great. And he just gets better. Yeah. And uh, Emma Stone is one of my probably my favorite actors anyway, so um 
I really like what she's doing. It was I'm a big Jonah Hill fan. Okay. Um, I'm like, I, I, I think just how he's turned his career around is just from being like bumbling dope to <laughs> like actual actor. Just brilliant. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the last episode this weekend. Anything else um, I've been looking or listening to? Probably not. Um, I I've think been listening to The Smiths, The Queen is Dead, because I do when it's autumnal. And so I just listened to that album a good bit um, this week. So new music recommendation for everyone out there. Check out The Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> I have not, not much to say about... Um, Morrissey, so no, maybe that's another no, conversation. I'll leave it but there. oh, the other thing I was listening to because it was a present that I got from uh, Simon from Lumo was the Twin Peaks soundtrack on vinyl. The score, the new, oh, the the old one. No, the newest. Oh, the one. new one. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something kind of like it should be weird to listen to that music, but mm. I'm just really enjoying it. I haven't watched the new one yet. Oh my god, I actually want to watch it all again. Um, it's so good. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen yeah. possibly but there's lots of maddening things in it that yeah. you're just like take so long to get to a certain point uh, uh, and there's so many diversions and mad shit and you're just like what the fuck is going on but you just can't stop watching it yeah I, I need to be in like the right state to sit down and watch it because from what I've heard um, no, no encore's Craig Fitzpatrick is a very very big fan and every time I see him he's like have you watched it yet and I'm like no but I will yeah I'm gonna get on that soon Saint Sister are clearly fans as well they watch, let's watch Twin Peaks in the summer so maybe watch it in the autumn probably oh, a better yeah. time to watch yeah, it yeah. Um, I think we leave it there for that this week um, we'll be back next week uh, talking new music and uh, I'm not sure who our guests will be if we have one at all we will be talking to Connor from Villagers uh, soon but I think we're going to talk to him in December Okay. Maybe after he's had a few months on the road. For the Christmas episode. And have a chat. That yeah. I've decided we're going to have. Yeah. Well, he agreed to do it last night very late, but it was not, it's not up to him. <laughs> I don't think it counts if it's a half He has no in say the in the matter. It's okay. His, his, his PR person was there too. Thanks, Lisa. Um, anyway, we're going to leave you with a track from an Irish artist who has an, uh, an EP out this week. I also played Harwood and Class Heroes. Um, Dylan Roach is a guy who's been um, kind of uh, improving his music uh, over the last few years. He operates as Wastefellow, has an EP out on Soft Boy Records. We just watched a very bizarre, funny... Excellent interview. Hard-hitting. <laughs> hard-hitting interview on YouTube from Soft Boy Records who uh, are releasing the album where Kojak and, and uh, Keen Kavanagh. And uh, yeah, kind of, it reminds me, one of my favourite bands is the Beastie Boys. And uh, they... Always the, for the, the release of Hello Nasty, they always did these like well, they did these weird infomercials, yeah, and like with fake characters. And I always loved the fact that they just were silly about those things. Mm. So it's that, in that kind of vein, it's worth watching. It's called um, Wastefellow Interview uh, Cream Caviar. So yeah, check it we out. We can put it um, in the in the show notes, maybe. And yeah. yeah, fully recommend watching that. I had a good lark. That's the other thing I'm very excited about. Actually, coming up, it won't be for a while yet, but on November thirtieth, I'm going to London to. I got tickets for it last Friday. It is um, the only Beastie Boys related thing I can imagine wanting to experience mm. at this point, considering obviously MCA uh, passed away from the band and the bands that they'd never perform mm. uh, anymore. They are doing uh, the releasing a book at the end of October and they're doing a live Q&A and um, in typical Beastie Boys fashion and like their book is, it's a biography, autobiography, but it's not just an autobiography. It is like mixtapes and weird stuff and um, like uh, recipes and all this other shit in it. Deadly. Um, so um, 
So they're doing a live Q and A with a with a live score by Mixmaster Mike, their DJ, and a few other random things, including an exhibition and stuff like that. So That's I'm going over. Deadly. So I got tickets for that. So I'm delighted about Yay. that. November 30th, I'll be going over there for that. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I'm looking forward to now at the moment. Um, I'm going to have a lovely, quiet weekend. And I hope whatever you do this weekend. It's going to be lovely and quiet, let me tell you. <laughs> Not oh, sure luck. No more gigs for you. No more gigs. No, I'm gigged out now. <laughs> Get out of it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to finish with Wastefellows, a song from his EP. It is called Philosophy Plastic. Um, thank you. And uh, do tell your friends about the podcast and do tweet about us. And sure, we might even mention you. You never know. You never know. Could happen. Um, thank you so much. This is uh, Wastefellow. Philosophy. Uh, Philosophy plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I got there in the end. Waste fella. Waste fella. Go on. Bye. Yeah.